back on the spot. Myself, Devin, apparently brother. No one likes us anymore. They don't want to join us. No one likes us anymore. They don't like the spot. I love on the spot. Right. So, okay. Anyhow, enough of the tomfoolery. We're glad that you're here <laughs> with us. Hey, listen, if you haven't already, uh, if this uh, podcast has been a blessing to you, we'd ask that you rate, review, um, tell some friends about it, tell your brothers and sisters, tell your church, um, tell people about this. If this is a blessing. If it encourages you, uh, we'd, we'd love to have you, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, we would greatly appreciate it. Amen. Let's get straight to the word of the day today. It's kind of a big word. Word. It's kind of a big word. Relinquishment. Man, I don't even know how, what, what relinquishment. Relinquish, relinquish. Can you spell that? Relinquishment. <laughs> Use that in a sentence. I'm trying. Um, so letting go. Yes. Okay, so letting go of some things. Relinquishing hmm. some things. Uh, Hebrews 12, starting with verse 1. Oh, this is going to be good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hmm. So in particular, that verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, some translations say every hindrance, every obstacle, and every sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I like that. Just I love the the New King James version as says sin which so easily entangles us. I just like that. So good word relinquishment. Relinquishment. So I look. I, I I've been thinking a lot about perspective over mm-hmm. these past few days. I. Uh, a, a quote that I'm actually going to use, so I'm going to bury the lead a little bit from my sermon on mm. Sunday. Okay. Um, Three people might get it. Right, exactly. I was like, <laughs> um, ran across a quote that the only person I can find to attribute it to is an elderly saint who made this comment to her pastor. She said that she has, had lived so long and served Christ for so many years mm that she could no longer tell the difference between a trial and a blessing. Hmm. Let me just think about that one. Right. Live so long and serve Christ so faithfully that she could no longer tell the difference between a trial and a blessing yeah. because they were one and the same. Right. right. Amen. There's, and I'm not there yet. I'll just be transparent enough to tell you that I'm not at that place yet to where mm. I'm going, is this a trial? Is this a blessing? You know, um, because I know, you know, I still recognize a trial. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but I also look back at uh, uh, young Ben or younger Ben, and I see where I did not have the perspective on things that I go through that I have now. Mm-hmm. And while I'm, 
not yet obtained the prize. Well, I've not yet arrived. I feel like there's a maturity in me now and a difference in perspective to where I view things at least differently, somewhat differently than what I used to whenever I'm facing a trial, something that's difficult. Um, When I face those things, I tend to at least turn to Christ quicker in the midst of those than what I used to. I'm at that place I cannot imagine. I don't know I don't know how people navigate this life without the hope of Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't mm. I, I can't fathom that. I don't know how I would do it without Jesus. But I look at things and still see areas of my life that I need to lay aside, that I need to relinquish. Things that really um, work against me at times in my relationship, no matter whether good, bad, or indifferent, whatever I'm I'm viewing as what's happening in my life, what I'm going through. Uh, and, And that's kind of what I would like for us to talk about today is maybe some of these things that in our past or even in our present that the enemy has used to weigh us down, to slow us down, and and maybe not have us running our race as effectively or as efficiently as what we need to. What are, what are some of your initial thoughts with relinquishment? What a powerful word it is. I love it, you know, because it has the aspect of looking at, in the verse that you shared, relinquishing weights or sins. Um, but I also think that you could relinquish something that could be a trial upon you, you know, a weight. In this sense, uh, I always think about, you know, something that's come upon you that's weighing you down as like a discouragement, a depression. You're really not able to get out from underneath it because there's some part of us that still wants to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yet when we let that go and just let, you know, we let it go. There's a famous quote that I've not always been in agreement with, let go and let God. Yeah. But I do think it's applicable in certain circumstances. It's not just the overcome all, this is going to make your life better, let go and let God, because I think there's some aspects that you need to strive and purpose forward. But I do love this when we're talking about relinquishment in this sense, it really works out. So, I mean, there's plenty of circumstances in my own life where I can look at whether it's been just recently that I had to go through some stuff or... Um, you know, and I had to relinquish that and just say, you know, hey, God's in control. And is it, I got some counsels from God, from some godly people. And I finally just came to, and, and was able to relinquish that. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, God's, God still got me right where he wants me. But for a second, I was all tied up in fits about it. You know, I really was lost a whole night's sleep. And, you know, and, and so I had to just come to the place. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't even matter. You know, amen. You know, it's all under God's control. But I think I was really bound up in it for a second. So finally I was like, hey, but, you know, it's really important that we come to that place because now I don't feel a bind on it at all. No longer weighing me down. You know, I mean, there, if I really dig into it and think about it, I can go back there. But right now I'm just completely I'm OK. I'm like, hey, yeah. that's no problem. Well, and that's. Uh you know, I think it's a little bit important because you were talking about saying, you know, the let go and let God. Um, 
I think it's important to set a little bit of context. I know that this isn't a Bible study sure. podcast per se, but I think it's important to set a little bit of context for the, chapter 12 of Hebrews. Mm. We're coming out of chapter 11, uh, the hall of faith, all of yes. these men and women, these great characters uh, in the Old Testament, uh, all the way from creation to the prophets, you know, right up to the time of Jesus. Um, and we see in Hebrews eleven thirty three through 38, it's kind of divided up into two different, um, two different types of writing. That the, the you know it's it's talking about thirty three through thirty five is talking about the triumphs of the faithful. Yes, it's like here's everything that they achieved. Here's all the blessings. Here's what God did through them. You know they conquered nations. They multiplied. They were fruitful. You know all of these. Yes. Things. And then we get to that 35 through 38, Mm-mm. and we start seeing some tragedies, right? Like, Sawn yeah, into. Yeah, like, and they got sawed into. Stoned. Yeah. Beaten. Yeah. So we tend to view things through this westernized, Americanized gospel type presentation that so often winds up with the prosperity stuff, the health, wealth, prosperity. Everything should be good. You know, that's the message that we see. And then we really start struggling when these trials and tribulations and these sufferings start coming upon us because that's going against the prosperity message. Mm. And we have trouble, I think, in our minds reconciling this in light of present circumstances if we're going through something. And I think that's why it's important for us to set that context of everything that Hebrews chapter 11, every character in there is described as being faithful. Yes. Some were very triumphant, what we would consider triumphant. Daniel and the lion's den. Right, right. Some faced tragedy. Jeremiah. Yeah. So when we think about these things, I think it's, it's perspective, again, in this relinquishment of I think that we have to let go. We have to relinquish this concept that everything is going to be health, wealth, and prosperity. I love that you say that. You know, it it is such an important concept, doctrine in the Bible that we need to have the mindset that God is over all. He's not sitting up there with a big stick ready to whack us, and he's not also sitting up there like with a pot of gold ready to throw gold upon our lives, you know, like a big leprechaun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just the aspect is good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Sun shines, the Um, rain falls. Exactly. Jesus said that. But the, the true... The truth is that God wants all of our heart at all the time, no matter what circumstances we're in. And sometimes the blessing is reproofs of instruction are the way of life. It says in the book of Proverbs is that God is going to bring us to places where he's and not only say, let me just God is always going to use our circumstances to get us to relinquish the things that have a hold on us other than him. I mean, and he will challenge us and put us in trials because that will be so clinging to everything else in life, whether it's, you know, some things. And that's why Jesus said it like this. He said relinquishment equal this. He who comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, 
his, you know, brothers and sisters, yes, and here it is, your own life also can't be in myself. That is the true relinquishment that we must face as we come to him. And here's the problem that we face. We think it just happens once. And we just like it. Oh, I did that. I gave my life at the altar. I raised my hand. I signed a card. That's not true relinquishment. Even though there is an initial relinquishment at the time of salvation where you're relinquishing control of your life, everything over Christ, there are so many times where I grab him back and I just begin to think of my destiny and my purpose and my plans, whether then it's like, hey, you know what? God's like, all right, let's see. Let's We can just stir this up a little bit and get you to realize that you, like David, need to cry out, Lord, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting because I still got some issues and problems. Things are reaching out and grabbing on me. Is there is there any better of a character study in all of Scripture, though, than David to see kind of what we're talking about? Yes. This, this ongoing roller coaster of a journey yes. uh, that we have in our spiritual walk with Jesus, a man after God's own heart. And after being anointed, mm. you know, after being anointed and chosen by God to lead this, had so many moments of failure and just criminal activity. Yeah. Yes. Um, just, I, I, I don't know if there's any better character study. I mean, we can find them all through the Bible. Oh, yeah. David, yeah. I mean, it's just an amazing uh, reflection in a lot of ways of what goes on in so many of our hearts. Yes. Uh, in in wanting to serve God, serving God, trying to serve God, falling, getting back up, failing, getting back up, rinse, lather, repeat. Um, and I think that that's why we see a little bit later on in Hebrews chapter 12 when at the end it's like our God is an all-consuming fire. Mm-hmm. He is giving us an unshakable kingdom. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Yes. If there's things in my life, that and there are, that don't need to be there, that could cause um, separation between me and God in our relationship, mm-hmm. and those are revealed, God does not want them there. If it causes if it causes separation in my relationship with Him, then I'm not unshakable. Right. And the things that can be shaken away will be shaken away. If we want to have a relationship with God truly, then we're going to go through times of shaking. You know, here's Abraham. He's a great example. You know, he's clinging, he's trying, he's seeking to he's seeking to honor God and grow in his relationship with God, but sometimes he just can't relinquish things. And, you know, he goes down to, to you know, Egypt and lies about uh, Sarah, and then he comes out, God finally gives him a son, he raises up the son, and then, and then God calls upon him to relinquish. Take your son, the one, I love he clears, the one that you love. And offer him up as a sacrifice to me on the mountain, uh, you know. And he, uh, you know, here's the thing. He gets up the next morning, doesn't say a word, doesn't argue with it, goes and does it because he considered him who was faithful. And I just love that part. Is that That's part of the process that we're coming through, that God wants us. That's why Abraham is the father of faith, it says in Romans, because he is the one that that's where we want to be, that I relinquish everything, even the thing that I love the most to God. I'm going to take it and 
sometimes God is just calling. I hope it's just a mental thing that we can do. Oftentimes we can sacrifice those things to God, but if you're doing it mentally, it's going to work out into the physical realm. And I'm not saying we're going to sacrifice kids or anything like that, but (laughs) yes, clarification, do do that. But, you know, my mom once told me, she said, I had to take you in the altar of my mind and take you up and sacrifice you to the Lord because you were God's. And she said, and you had too much of a hold over me. And so I just had to go do that. And, and I just look at that as that's sometimes God is calling us to do those relinquished moments and that equal sacrifice to us. Yeah. I, uh, I think if I'm looking as, as we kind of maybe segue a little bit here, um, into, I, I mean, this has all been practical application yes. conversation, but as I look at some of the things that uh, would possibly be the areas where I would need to relinquish the things that are most uh, consuming me that need to be laid aside, mm. I think the, the one thing that I can think of um, most in my life would be uh, that it's all about me. Mm. That Man, that, that rears its ugly head far more often than what it should that uh you know running everything through the sieve of how it affects me right this is unfair to me i don't deserve this or i deserve that or and that's a i think that's a lot bigger of a battle for us than what we give acknowledgement to no i agree um, because it, it's a pride thing. It comes back down to our pride. Um, because I think that um, maybe the biggest enemy of our faith is not necessarily doubt. It's our pride. Because to have total faith in something or someone else, then we have to lay aside our faith in ourselves. Mm. Relinquishment of self. Yeah. When we talk about it, I think that's such a great and powerful point because every one of us faces that every day of our lives. Paul said it like this, I die daily. And I'm sure that since he said those words that the struggle was also for him to be resurrected and just, you know, make it all about me. It is, you know, if I'm not connected to Christ, I know I'm connected to myself. You know, and, and it comes to one of the two. It's always a c- continuous thing as we go through. Either I'm going to walk in the Spirit because I'm connected to Christ and connected to the Father, or I'm connected to me, myself, and I, which is what I primarily do. You know, we I am seeking to be connected to God. But it is a laying aside of my self-will, ambitions. And, you know, here's the thing that we say in this country. Here's my world, and here I am, and here you are. And I'm just revolving my hand around, you know. Center of the universe. Center, and, and I tell my wife that all the time, you know, because we joke around and laugh. But it's, it's, you know, that's what it is for all of us. Here I am, and Christ is like, no, here I am. And this is where you need to be and everything else will fall into order if you got me as the center of your universe. And when you can do that, I mean, I, I don't say I want to say I wish I did it all the time, but I don't. You know, obviously, I, I struggle with that very situation of saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of this situation, Lord of my every moment. And I'm just, you know, utterly fail at times. Yeah. Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God. Yes. His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Hmm. Yeah, and that's the, uh, we, we like the last part. 
the added, yeah, the, Abraham. The things being added to us. Um, but that promise is attached to an imperative. Right. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Yes. Um, and, and I think that that's, the, that that's the, the lens that everything in our lives, mm-hmm. ourselves, our marriages, our families, our kids, our jobs, our hobbies, uh, everything, all relationships, all dynamics ha- need to be viewed through that lens of his kingdom and his righteousness. And it comes back to the very verses that you start out with, Romans, I mean, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. You know, Hebrews 12, 1, considering the great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. And then Hebrews 12, 2 is the refocusing. And it, it really does, if you go on to verse 3, but Hebrews 12, 2, he's the author mm-hmm. and finisher who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised and shame, and has sat down. See, his focus was on what God had going on, his plan at all times. He says, I don't seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He said, I'm not doing this. He said, I'm following him. I always do what my father wants me to do. If we're talking connection, and then in verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, for you have not yet resisted a bloodshed. I mean, like, we're so pitiful. He he died, and I'm just mad because I can't get my new car, or, you know, or whatever it is in my life, you know, that I, I get frustrated, or this, this hasn't opened up for me, and I was expecting you to do this for me, God, because I'm a faithful servant, yes, you know, and you should do this and God is like no you know I just want you to love me regardless of whether I do that or not let you submit to me because I have a plan and a purpose in your life and if as long as you're following that you'll be cool but when you start thinking you deserve something and you need this and you got to have this man that's when we just get all out of whack in ourselves and it works out into every relationship my relationship with God primarily and then in my relationship with others because when I'm upset it just comes out yeah and it's like Paul told the church of Corinth, for the kingdom of God is not in meat or drink, but yes. in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, you know, and it's we, we can we can limit that to food if we want to, because he was having this conversation with them about yeah. the, what's clean, unclean, what they should, should not be eating. Um, but we can apply that to anything uh, material, anything outside of yes. our spiritual walk. Is that the kingdom of God is not about those things. It's not about those things at all. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that full relinquishment? Because I know when I'm relinquished, I'm doing what's right. I got amazing peace that passes all understanding, and I'm joyful. And it just bubbles out and comes out because I'm completely centered on Christ, and His Spirit is now producing His fruit in me, the filling of the Spirit rather than the empowering of the Spirit. But guess what happens when you're filled with the Spirit? You often get empowered to do something for God. It's kind of amazing. (laughs) And life is exciting when when, when you're living like this. And, you know, that's my one of my problems with so many Christians is they're stuck in a rut of either it's self-will, self-this, self-self-self, rather than be connected to the God of all peace and joy so that their lives are bubbling over with the fruit of the Spirit and they're involved because they know the empowerment of the Spirit is moving them to do things. And I just want that for the whole church, man. Isn't that just the most exciting? I want it for me, yeah. but I also want it for others because I felt it. I know what it's like. I know what it's joyful. And you know what it's like. that You're preaching about it every Sunday. Right. you know, And I know that you want that for these yeah. people who are like, please, Lord, let them listen. 
Yeah. And just like, let them get it. Let them get it. Let them wake up and then let them get it. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave everyone with this little bit of a challenge Amen. as we uh, wrap things up here. Uh, ask God today. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you one area and be specific. I'm going to encourage you to be specific. Amen. One area of your life that you need to relinquish that maybe doesn't match up with his, his will or what he wants for your life or uh, one of those things that needs to be shaken. Ask God to reveal to you one thing that you need to relinquish in your life today. Mm. So I'll do the same. Devin, I encourage you to do the Thank same you. thing and everybody that's listening. Uh, whenever you hear this, ask God for that one thing. Amen. Will you pray for us, brother? Absolutely. Father, we uh, just thank you. Thank you that you are actively involved in our lives and still pursuing us. Mm. Lord, you pursued us with your love. We love you because you first loved us, and yet you're kicking down walls and tearing down things in your, your relentless love for us, Lord, helping us to relinquish those things which still have a hold on us. And Lord, we just come confessing, first of all, that we are people that are entrapped, we're entangled, Lord, and we just need your deliverance, your salvation yet again in our lives. And just crying out for us and the people that are listening, Lord God, let your spirit fall upon us. Lord, just lead us to the place where we have righteousness, peace, and joy joy in the Holy Spirit because we have surrendered. And we just give you all the thanks and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.